Hey everyone, just wanted to jump in here before the episode starts to let you know about a content warning, a spoiler warning for things that happen in this episode. So in our segment where we talk about what we've been reading, watching, and playing, Chris talks about her experience watching the docuseries Shiny Happy People, Duggar Family's Secrets. The series deals with really heavy topics and we do talk about some of them, so just want to give some content warnings for religious trauma, child abuse, sexual abuse. We don't talk about a lot of it in great detail, but just something to have a heads up about. And also, when we talk about my recommendation this week, I'm going to go ahead and spoil what it is, I guess, uh, The Ultimatum Queer Love, we do go way into spoilers. It's a show that's meant to be talked about, and so if you've been meaning to watch it and haven't done it yet, probably going to want to hit that pause button, watch the show, come back. Also want to mention a content warning there where we talk about um, domestic violence, narcissism, things like that. We will have timestamps in the show notes for you so that if you want to check out the episode, but you want to sort of skip any of these content things, you'll know where to stop. And with that, on with the episode. Welcome to Queerly Recommended, the podcast where we recommend queer films, books, TV shows, and more. I'm Tara Scott. I review sapphic fiction at the Lesbian Review and Smart Bitches Trashy Books. And this week, I am recommending a reality show on Netflix. And I'm Chris Bryant, a contemporary romance writer for Bold Strokes Books. And this week, I'm recommending a documentary on Netflix. So we've been recommending a lot of shit on Netflix lately. Uh, <laughs> let's just say we are not sponsored by Netflix. We are not paid by them. We're just watching a lot of shit on Netflix lately. Please right. enjoy. Hopefully it's working for you all too. <laughs> um, if you would like to support the show, we have links to our coffee, our newsletter, and all of our socials in our show notes. We appreciate every way that you all support us as well as every review rating on podcast apps telling your friends all of those things so that other people who want more career media know all about it so chris yes last time we spoke you left us on a bit of a cliffhanger when it comes mm. to your new book mm. in that you had written all but maybe a few paragraphs right what happened did you finish it? Does this book I have an ending? I did. The book has an ending. It is turned in. I, is it a great ending? I don't know. I haven't heard from my <laughs> editor, but it is in her hands. So that's exciting. Yeah. So I've had like, oh, that, that one's not coming out till January and okay. hopefully they don't push it. If it's, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes it requires more editing than other times. Yeah. So They'll, they might push it, but this is uh, scheduled in January. And then I have the uh, September release. You know what? Here's what I did. Mm. What? So I have page proofs coming up and I, I did line edits. I turned it all in for Cherish that comes out in September. And then I realized I had a character name wrong. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, so I'll catch that and I'll hopefully fix it in page proofs when those uh, get back to me here soon. What does wrong mean? So I used the wrong kid's name for the wrong sister. 
several times. So I have to go back because it's, it has uh, characters from temptation from my book temptation. Yeah. So this is this book and it's later. And so I put one of the kids with the wrong parent and I didn't catch it until I was setting up my booth for pride and I was killing time. So I just picked up temptation and kind of leafed through it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have the wrong kid's name. (laughs) So good catch. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hopefully we can fix that. Oh Yeah. yeah. I mean, you just turned in the first draft. Oh, this I'm, is, we're at the end. This is the, I this am is the thinking page the wrong book. Yeah, this is, this Good is, luck. yeah, I know this is hopefully they'll, I think they will. I mean, they'll have to change it in like three or four places, but I think it'll mm. be fine. I hope. Well, proofreaders can keep a lookout for that, right? Yeah. Hopefully they catch it too. But I mean, if all of us catch it, then they'll have to fix it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. I don't yeah. know. I've never gotten it down to the wire like this before. Well, I remember, I don't know if I've ever said this on any of the podcasts before. Actually, I was a proofreader for your publisher for, I don't think about a year, year and a half before I really, before I started reviewing or did very much reviewing. And I remember a few times there were things that I caught and they did change it because it was like continuity error type stuff. And I mean, it is a continuity error with another book. It is. That's right. Within that book, but yeah hopefully I caught it i know it was bad mm-hmm. it was bad well so we're recording this on a monday evening because you were fancy and busy all weekend i was the whole weekend so kansas city had pride this past weekend so june 9th 10th and 11th is pride three days so i was in a booth for three days selling books three days <laughs> And let me Yay. say, I I think Kansas City has the longest pride. I know St. Louis has it for two days. I'm good with two. Give mm-hmm. me Saturday and Sunday. I'm great. But like the whole Friday, the Friday night thing, it just, yeah, it was only open. Like pride is open. It started at five and it closed mm-hmm. at nine. So that those four hours, I mean, I sold books. Uh, great. But it's kind of, you know, it takes forever to get there and get all your stuff set up and yeah, so I kind of wish that it was just Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. Well, did you get to see anything cool while you were there? I got to see so many queer people and meet them and talk to them and share my stories and sell my books and talk about the podcast and talk about books and more books. And it was great. It was a fantastic time. I got to meet another patron. Like I haven't, uh, one of my patrons, I I got to meet her for the first time. Uh, I got to meet a reviewer for the first time and it was just, it was lovely. It was absolutely lovely. Like I had, I had the best time. It it was very long, but it was also Mm -hmm. well worth it. That's amazing. Yeah. I shared it with uh, KB Draper. We did the booth together and uh, Saturday night we sold out of books and we're just sitting there like, well, we might as well shut down early because we don't have anything to sell. Go watch a drag queen or something. Yeah. So, well, I mean, being there like 10 hours, we were done. We're like, let's just shut it down and go home. So I went home and did laundry and did all the stuff that, you know, normally I would do on a Saturday, but it was, I just did it late at night, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it was well worth it. And I feel very good about it. And I feel we didn't have any, any issues or problems, you know, and that's something we certainly, you know, have to consider being here in the Midwest, but it was, uh, it was a success. That's awesome. Yay. Yes. 
What about you? What's going on? What's new? All right. So this weekend, I saw something that I didn't think I would ever see in person and definitely not in my neighborhood. I am going to disclaim this by saying I was extremely baked at the time. I was not (laughs) the driver. I was in the passenger seat, uh, which is what you want when somebody was extremely baked. (laughs) And we were turning. So there's uh, we were turning to go around, like to go through this major intersection and turn right. And at that, like that kind of corner is um, an off-leash dog park. And it's quite big. And I looked over, I was like, wait, what's happening here? Are they caber tossing? Now, do you know what caber tossing is? I do not. I'm shaking my head. I do not know what that is. Maybe I do, but I don't know what it's called. Okay. Do you, have you heard of like Highland Games? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you know how in the Highland Games, they'll get these like big fucking burly dudes and they will like pick up a log like a giant log oh yeah yeah yeah. The and then tall... they will throw it <laughs> they like Some... flip it is yeah. it like a solo cup they flip it you know like on the edge when you're forget it sort uh... of but like <laughs> a gigantic log and so we're sort of driving around the corner and we saw someone That's like awesome. they saw that we saw him pick it up and we weren't sure what was going to happen and we because we got past and neil said do you uh want to drive over and watch a little and like no no we should go yes 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 and so we did we drove over and we kind of just like parked by the side of park we didn't get out of our cars or anything but we watched this other guy go and pick it up and he's holding it up so that it's like the way they pick it up is so that it's tall like the round end of it they're holding that up this right and he's doing this like whoa oh kind of thing because like of course it's like right huge and yeah he threw it and it just like it flipped end over end and it was incredible it was wow. just like this out of nowhere how is this real and keeping in mind also like i am under the effects of the cannabis <laughs> and so i'm like is it what <laughs> is this what like i have been living in this neighborhood for almost 15 years I have never seen anything like this in Calgary and I sure did not expect to see it like a five minute walk from my home. (laughs) It was wild. It was magical. And it's going to be one of those, like, you know, those things that happens and it happens out of nowhere and you didn't expect it, but it's just like one of these canonically wonderful memories you take with you. Oh yeah. yeah. It's one of those. I'm going to remember this forever. Yeah. I love it the uh... most. I actually went to the Irish Fest and they were doing that at the Irish Fest several years ago. Ooh, yeah. Well, now I kind of want to go to Highland Games was, watch Yeah, I didn't know that that's what it was called. Yes, that's what it's called. Now I kind of want to watch like a competition. Because hmm. I think it was just some dudes. <laughs> was watching that's just it. what they're just doing, huh? <laughs> Let's go throw some logs. Well, and it's like, on the one hand, I'm like, how? does that appeal and it's like bitch you weight lift like what's the appeal of me picking up heavy things and putting them back down again like it's not it's not about it's just that. a different way to do it it's a yeah. different way to do it and frankly like they're defying physics i am not <laughs> so <laughs> good for them all right what have you been reading or watching lately Okay, so uh, I actually watched the Shiny Happy People Duggars documentary or docu-series that they had. And oh my God, they are horrible people. 
And that's all I'm going to say. No, it's, well, I mean, I'm sure most people have heard about the Duggars. They had the show on TLC. I I don't know. I think it was like 16 and counting at some point. And then now it's 19 or uh, it stopped at 19 and counting. Yeah, uh, they had a, to keep renaming it as they kept right. having more babies. Right. Well, it's they're like... yeah, they're part of the. Aren't they part of the Quiverful movement? Now you're asking. I don't know. Okay, so I know they're fundamentalists. So I, that they touched. They geez, hello. They talked a lot about their religion. You know, obviously mm-hmm. that's what started all this. Yeah. But I never watched the show. I just, I remember my mom watched it because she likes babies and they kept having babies. Yeah. There was and always so, a new one. Like, to there was like. always a new one. So my mom watched it and I just, I, I would always tell her mom, that's trash. Don't watch it. It's bad, blah, blah, blah. But like, you don't realize how bad it is until you watch the series. And I know that they can skew docu-series into whatever they want you to believe. But mm-hmm. like, at, so like, I'm just going to mention a couple things, like two things that, yeah. I mean, all of it was bad. Like it was just bad. It was unbelievable, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but at age 11, mm-hmm. like that's when they had a buddy system. And so the 11 year old watched the baby. Like the the mom was out of the picture, Jill or whatever yeah. her name is. She was out of the picture. Mm-hmm. And like, and then these, the, the girls had to, the girls had to raise the kids. Yeah. <sighs> and then like the kids who managed to escape, like I say mm-hmm. escape, but I mean escape really. Cause that was a horrible no, they, family, but they grew up and they, they left the nest, so to speak yeah. prison, whatever they asked for some of the money. Like they never saw any of the money. Yeah. And so they're just like, and the parents were like, eh, oh, well too bad. If you want to sign a contract with us, you know, we'll give you like $10 an hour. Is that enough? Do you want $10? Like the whole thing was just, it was just like, I can't believe that. Like Wow. Yeah. So I haven't, um, I haven't watched it and I think I've talked a little bit in the past. Like I haven't gone into right. a lot of depth, nor do I think I need to, um, right. about the religious trauma I have as somebody who's left evangelical Christianity. And actually the thing that has made me really happy is like, I've read some things about this Think You know, Sarah from smart bitches. She's so lovely. She sent me a slack just to say, Hey, uh, you might want to avoid this. Just take right. care of yourself. There's right. some, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that I'm, because I think before I would have felt like I had to watch it. Like there was almost this compulsion mm-hmm. I had to understand like, what was it about this brand of Christianity that like sucked my parents in right. and that, I mean, frankly, my parents are still a part of it. And I absolutely respect my parents' faith and their relationship with the church and who they're with. And I think, you know, in their case, they very earnestly believe it and it's really important to them. And I'm happy that they have this. But I know that for myself, it was a really harmful, damaging thing. I've gone right. for a lot of therapy for it. I continue every so often to do top ups as I need it. But like, even just hearing when you were saying about like, and then, you know, they would have a buddy system, there was nothing about that that surprised me. I didn't know families that had 19 kids, but I knew families that had a lot of kids. And that, that mm-hmm. was the thing that you would hear is like, well, you know, by the time you have three kids, then they can start helping and taking care of the right. other ones. And it was this very deliberate, like, yeah, we want to have as many, well, you'd hear a couple of things. Mostly what I would hear was, well, we're going to have as many kids as God wants us to have. Wow. But then there, there's also like some people. So when I was asking about Quiverful, 
those are the ones that like they are very deliberately having as many babies as they oh. possibly can. So it's not like a, we'll have as many as God wants us to have as much as like, a no, we're building the army of God because there's a line in the Bible about how like children, like, you know, if you children being like a quiver full of arrows. Okay. And, you know, I think they were kind of part of that version because there's like, to me, there's also kind of a spectrum of evangelicalism, if you will. Like, yes, okay, my parents' church believes some things that I definitely don't agree with, especially when it comes to <clears throat> homosexuality. But, you know, of course, you know, my family still loves me and my queer sibling and, and all these things. But like, their church is not like some of the worst of them. And the Duggars are definitely among some of the worst of them. And like, That's, they they yeah. did that show to almost be like an advertisement well they didn't have any money and they're like they they were building this house and they ran out of money and so i don't know if they approached i can't remember honestly uh if they approached the tlc or tlc approached them i'm almost assuming they approached them because how would they know about them yeah so yeah hey let's do a show about you know my 15 at the time or 14 kids and i'm gonna keep having babies and so like didn't it was they just, also uh, didn't they also cover up their son sexually yes! his sisters yes and who is in jail for 12 and a half years for uh, child pornography uh, for having that and yeah so the, that was a whole thing oh my gosh like yeah, <sighs> yeah. oh it's awful it's absolutely like, and he was like he was like ashley madison he was a member of ashley madison and like he was just like <laughs> the worst yeah. It was, you know, saying one thing, representing himself as one thing and, and getting, you know, being hypocritical. It was just, and that's the one thing I can't stand is the hypocrisy of it. Well, that's the like, yes, the, the number of people that proclaim to be Christians and call queer people groomers or drag right. queens groomers. Meanwhile, it's like, there are no news stories of drag queens molesting kids because they're not doing it it's the pastors the priests the ministers the youth pastors like there i remember there's a thing going around i think within the last year of the youth pastor who posted something about how happy he was that his girlfriend finally turned 18 and it's like wow Uh, so yeah like there's a big overlap between what would be in this and Anyway, if I I guess I would like to say to the other folks who have religious drama, join me in not yes. watching <laughs> this yeah. and protect yourself. Right. Don't like it's I'm not religious hardly at all. I mean, I stopped going to church when I was an early teen and it just it just floors me like the, like mm-hmm. like I remember like it talked about the Duggars, but also like the just the different. There was, I forgot who the head guy was, but like his religion and the oh, fundamentalists. Oh, Bill Gothard? Yes. That guy's rotting in fucking hell yes. with Pat Robertson right. and Jerry Falwell and Billy Graham. Yes. Like, and they were all mm-hmm. like, yeah. And so like, and then this one lady, she goes, she's talking in church and she's standing there and she's like, I have like, I forgot how she, what she said. And I wish I could remember, but it was like, I've disrespected my husband uh blah 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 he asked me not to wear pants and i wore pants and like just like that was she was so distraught about wearing pants 
Mm-hmm. Like what? Like, is this happening in my world? Yeah, and it, it is, is because that, I mean, that's the problem with like that. When you get into that kind of fundamentalist evangelicalism mm-hmm. is that, you know, they really do want to see a return to the absolute primacy of the straight white evangelical affluent man and Mm -hmm. yes they do want women in skirts and not working and home taking kids taking care of kids and only being married to men and you know no such thing as marital rape and 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 like it's right awful it's actually why voting matters right now Frankly, mm-hmm. it's like why we need to show up for every election and vote like our life depends on it. Because like, it does. Yeah. Because they're passing bills and stacking courts. Yeah. So. Okay. So enough about that. Enough about that. <laughs> they got enough of our attention. Um, yeah. I, I'm super excited that alone started up. Ooh. And see, I never know. I never know like what starts when, except for mm-hmm. Walking Dead, because I'm like, I'm like, woohoo, we have a new yeah. season coming up. But I never know until I go to my DVR, until I look to see it. I'm like, oh my God, alone's out. Oh, I didn't even know about it. So I did get to watch the first episode because it's weekly. It's one of those stupid mm-hmm. weekly things. But I'm very excited about that. So I did watch that. Do you have any favorites yet? Or is it too soon to tell? It's too soon. It's only the first episode. There's like a pre- episode that you can watch where you get to see the people a little bit like because what they do is they learn how to use the cameras and how to like start fires and stuff like Mm. that there's like a month camp like like on the air in the area of where this is and i didn't watch that like that i want to see them when they're like really like (laughs) in the elements i don't need to see them hungry yes i want to see that (laughs) survival instincts i want those to kick in and then I, I started Fast X, the movie Fast X from okay. the Fast and Furious franchise. How is but, it? So the reason why I, I watched it, well, because, you know, it's, it's very visually stimulating, of course. But I mean, my future wife is in it. Which one? Charlize Theron. She's in oh. it. Yes. That's yes. a good reason. Like, and honestly, I forgot that, that she was in it until I started it. And I was like... That's hilarious. She's in it. I know it was great, but you know it's a star-studded cast. It has Jason Momoa. It has uh, Jason Statham. He's in it. Oh yeah. And yeah, yeah, I mean all these ass kickers. You know this. Yeah. Anyway, and I think I want to say that they've digitally added some Paul Walker scenes, or they've pulled from previous. This thing has been going on for like fifteen years, twenty years. So So I'm sure they pulled some stuff like from earlier ones and brought it into this one. So I'm sure that was it. So I have to finish that because I started it late since, you know, I got home so late during the whole pride thing and I really wanted to watch it. So, oh yeah. And then I, I'm watching Silo on Apple TV. I don't know this one. And I'm right on the cusp of dropping it because it's just not grabbing. It's so slow. And how many episodes have you watched? Seven. And you don't stop watching anything. So it must be the most boring thing ever. It's, it's just like, it's this whole civilization in a silo. Like they've never seen sunlight. They've never left the silo. Mm -hmm. The people who do say, I want out, something happens to them and they don't really know. Like they think that the, that the air is bad and that like, so we had nuclear fallout from whatever. And and they've lived in the silo for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just, I really want them. I want somebody to know 
what's going on and like share it. Like right now, everything's real vague. So, I mean, there's kind of a little, almost like a, the Truman show type thing. I I, I don't know. I might be out. I might be out. Hmm. Is there a recap you can read just to find out the rest? I think it's one of those weekly things too. Uh, I hate the weekly things. Like I don't, I don't want to wait. Yeah, we didn't switch to streaming to wait for weekly right. episodes to drop. <laughs> the only one that we liked that we would wait for was the Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Did you finish it? Did you watch it? Are you done? I haven't even started season oh my three. Goodness. Is it good? I've heard such it's... mixed things. I liked it. Okay. I liked it. I liked the ending. There are some really clever video clips on twitter where they show things that happened in the first season and paired up with things that happened in the in the third season Mm. and like it's so cleverly written like i Mm -hmm. love shows that are like that and ted lasso is one of those that's that's just so clever very clever and you know the queer character so okay so worth it worth it i definitely need to watch season three for sure yeah, but. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for somebody to give kind of a clear like do it or don't do it because I was seeing some very mixed, especially when it came to there is a sapphic storyline at some point, mm-hmm. and there were some mm-hmm. people who maybe were not the most thrilled with how mm-hmm. it turned out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I get it, but I mean, there's also a, a gay character mm-hmm. on the team, and I mean, it's good. It's good. Okay. So yeah. What about you? What have you been watching? Well, I'm continuing with Drag Race All-Stars season eight. I think at this point I'm watching it mostly just because I've watched the rest of them. Uh, Like I I You're a loyalist. Loyalist. It. I watched (laughs) so much drag race that and there are, I do like some of the queens on it, but it just feels like such a weird season. One of the best contestants was just like, fuck this and went home. And I was no! like, what? Wow. Yeah. And was like one of the reasons I was watching it. Although to be fair, the the last episode I watched, I actually legitimately loved it. It was the Rusical, which is what they call the musical episodes. Like anything they can throw a Rue on, they just do that to every word. And they did it as uh, so each queen had one song and it was supposed to be about the life of Joan Crawford oh wow <laughs> it was actually great like I usually don't like the musicals I'm usually like this is the cheesiest I hate the lyrics I don't like the singing I don't like anything I'm just like a total curmudgeon about it. But this time I was like, all right, you did it. You you all did a great, like, <laughs> it's like fucking slaps. Like, it's just great. Like the music is good. The performances were great. I was thoroughly impressed. I was a little confused by who won. And I was equally confused by who went home. So it's like, there's no real rhyme or reason to it, but I'll keep hmm. watching it. Cause what else am I going to do? Like, it's just, it's a part of the rhythm of my week now. Whenever it's not on, I get confused about what day right. of the week it is because I didn't watch Drag Race. Kind of like, <laughs> actually, to take it back to shiny happy people, kind of like what happened when I left, stopped going to church. I was like, what day of the week is it? Why? Like, I just like... was so confused after more than 30 <laughs> years of going to church. I was like, what is that? Like, I had to relearn what a week felt like. It was so dumb. So I don't want to do that now with Drag Race. <laughs> no. Neil and I have been doing some gaming because Diablo 4 came out. I don't know if you've ever played any of the Diablo games. No. 
Oh yeah, you don't game. I don't game. So we played Diablo three together when it came out, however many million years ago that was. I think it was before we even had kids. And I don't think it's like specifically queer, but I definitely made a sorcerer who looks queer and she's so badass. (laughs) Oh my God. She's like an ice magic person and is just like killing everything. The writing is like, and I'm not sure about all the gameplay, but there's still something like fun and familiar. So I think it's if you, if you like Diablo games, it's worth it. I don't think it's hitting as well as Diablo three did, but it's still kind of like a fun thing to do together. And then finally, and actually this was the reason I was baked the other day in the first place, I saw the new Spider-Verse movie across Hmm. the Spider-Verse. So I thought, well, this will be, I really liked the first one, which I think was called Into the Spider-Verse about Miles Morales. And this is sort of the follow-up to it. It is, I guess, just a thing to know going into it if you do watch it, which I think absolutely watch it. It's so good. Mm -hmm. But it's the first part of a two-parter. So it absolutely Uh, ends like on a cliffhanger. You're Ah. not going to get the completion of the story. (laughs) But one of the things I like about this, because the whole idea is that like there is a Spider-Verse and in each universe, there's a different spider-man or spider-girl or spider-pig or spider you know all these different um, versions and each one has its own art style and when you go into their universe that has its own art style too yeah that's cool it's so cool they did some of that. that in the first one which if you haven't seen it like it's actually like it's super rad and knowing that like you're visually minded like i think mm-hmm. you'd quite like that but in this case so Gwen Stacy is a huge part of it. And there's a bunch of people who have a theory. I I put it in the newsletter, which like, as we're recording, you haven't read the newsletter yet because it goes out in the morning, but everybody who has listened, if you've subscribed to the newsletter, you can click the link to go read the article about it. A bunch of people on Twitter though, have a theory that Gwen is trans based on a few things because like she has a protect trans kids uh flag up in her room oh cool and in her world especially in her home the trans uh, the trans pride flag colors show up a lot which is super cool the other thing i thought was amazing too is that her world the art style because like i said each world has a different art style but Mm -hmm. in hers it's like her world is like a mood ring almost and so the colors will change based on her mood and what's going on. And there's like this really difficult confrontation scene. And I was just like, Oh my God, like losing it. Cause again, I was extremely (laughs) baked too, (laughs) but like, I all started to cry. I was like, this is amazing. And it like, it was just this really difficult thing that she was going through Mm. and the walls, cause it looks like watercolor. And it was like the walls started dripping. Like the paint that was used to make them was dripping Mm -hmm. to reflect her mood. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Um, (laughs) And they brought spider punk in and the art style that they did for him was so different and like something out of a punk zine. And it was so fucking cool. And I'm really hoping they bring him back for the next one. So yeah, like across the spider verse is just so rad. I loved it so, so much. If you can watch it while having had an edible, I definitely recommend that. But I think even watching it sober would be great because it's just such a wonderful movie. Yeah. So, Sounds like it. Yeah. That's what I've been up to. So Chris, what is your official recommendation this week? So for Pride Month, 
my recommendation is a short documentary called The Dream Life of Georgie Stone about a transgender teen in Australia. Okay, so here's the, the little blurb. Spanning 19 years, The Dream Life of Georgie Stone reveals the memories of Georgie Stone, an Australian transgender teen, as she helps change laws, affirm her gender, finds her voice, and emerges into adulthood. So hmm, I think everyone queer or straight should watch this documentary because not everybody knows the the hardships that trans youth experience all over the world. Mm-hmm. And there are so many laws that now that don't, you know, we know this here in the United States for sure, but that they don't support or approve uh, gender affirmation care. Mm-hmm. So not only does this document cover the full life of Georgie Stone, but also the the social adjustment, the physical adjustment, and the political advancement for all trans teens in Australia. Mm-hmm. So her story is told as a reflection as she's getting ready for gender affirmation surgery. And it, it clicks, you know, you, you, you start it and uh, she's 18 and she's getting ready to go to the hospital for surgery. It's going to be an all day event. And it's kind of like her life in just like how it starts off. Like when she's two, she tells her mom she wants a vagina at mm-hmm. two years old. And at two and a half, she expresses that she is a girl and she has a twin brother and the brother's like super supportive, like the best family ever. Mm-hmm. And the brother's like, it's great that I have a sister because now when we play spies, there's a boy spy and a girl spy. And it's just, it's just absolutely beautiful. Aww. I mean, the, the support is just beautiful. Like at age seven, though, she was the only patient at Melbourne's Royal Children's Hospital that year at the time to receive treatment for gender dysphoria. Mm -hmm. So by eight, Georgie had fully transitioned within the family. And then by nine, she was out publicly. Like as a social transition. Right. As a social transition. So here's, here's the, the, here's like, this is the thing that got me like this. This is what drew me in. So at age 10, she became the youngest person in Australia to be granted hormone blockers by the court at 10. Yes. So even though she had, but, but the problem is, is even though she had the support of her family and the doctor, she wasn't allowed to start hormone replacement therapy. She needed Mm. the court's permission to do this. And so for five years, she fought the courts. That's the, like, when you listen to a lot of the anti-trans rhetoric that's happening right now, and a lot of it is really focusing on kids, I think because it's the easiest way. You and I talked about this a little bit uh, before we started recording about how, oh, I forget my own point. Well, that's wonderful. Hey. So, oh, no, I remember what my point was. So we were talking a little bit kind of as we were getting Mm -hmm. ready and going through the notes about how this is something we should all be concerned about and we should all care about it. And I mean, frankly, we should care about it just because we're talking about kids who want to live their lives most fully. But if you, if, if we need to be more, think about how it impacts us more, every queer person should be scared about this because like looking tactically at the Mm -hmm. way the religious right works because that really is who's leading the charge right. on this to also tie it back to shiny happy people right like these are the, these things are not unaligned that trans people are a convenient wedge in they lost the war against 
gay people. Like they, they lost on marriage equality. They lost on, they, I mean, they didn't win on everything. Obviously there's some Mm -hmm. States where you can still get fired for being out. There are still some States where you, yeah, there's still some States where you can't adopt. And some of these things are being rolled back, but like trans kids are, was the easiest way in against the LGBTQ community. All you have to do is say the word kid. Exactly. And then you see in Florida where they went from kids to adults too. Like that's the plan. It's like, where can we get in and then go on and on and on? Mm -hmm. But most of what, you know, the legislation against things related to trans kids for the most part have been a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. Like to say, oh, you can't mutilate kids. Nobody has been doing surgery right on children no not at all like we're talking about social transition is almost entirely the transition that happens like sure some kids might get puberty blockers and some kids Mm -hmm. might be lucky enough to get hormone therapy but for the Mm -hmm. most part until they're adults it's social transition right use the pronouns wear whatever you want to wear right but again Mm -hmm. child and they pounce. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. So what happened? So when she was 15, the courts finally decided that transgendered people in Australia do not have to go through the family courts in order to access hormone treatment. So it was a Good. massive victory. And so she was allowed to finally start them. And it was so like the joy on her face mm-hmm. when she started. And she's like, I have a pimple. Like it's working. I, you know, I'm getting curves and Mm -hmm. just was like so joyful about finally feeling comfortable in her body. So it was just wonderful, beautiful to see. And so then she had this massive platform after winning this, this uh, huge case, this court case. So she took that opportunity to go and, and I want to say she, she, oh, she got some sort of award for just human rights. And I can't remember what it was. But she mm-hmm. talked, uh, she went around and talked about how trans kids are still getting bullied. They're not getting the support that they need, whether it's, uh, you know, physical support or therapy, you know, just mental support. And it's really made a, a, just a huge difference in trans rights in Australia. So like I said, at 18, she finally was able to legally go ahead and get her gender affirmation surgery. And like, I don't want to like give away any spoilers, but her reaction when the bandages come off is so beautiful that yeah. like, it made me want to go out at pride and hug every single queer person I saw. And any, any yeah. fans, you know, teen I saw, cause I saw so many and it was just so mm-hmm. lovely to see, but you know, it, this documentary is, it's only like 30 minutes and it gives mm-hmm. you so much information, but it's not an info dump. And if you have a lot of questions, like I do about I know there's different levels of transitioning and Mm -hmm. I am not familiar with all of them. And so this was very educational to me, knowing that like not every trans person goes through the whole physical gender affirmation surgery. Not everybody does. And so I got to learn more about that. And I think a lot of people need to be educated on that because Mm -hmm. a lot I don't know. Yeah, I think a lot of people assume that gender affirmation surgery, the be all and end all for that, like for every trans person, that there's this idea that you have to like transition enough and that it Mm -hmm. means like going and getting, you know, like your genitals modified when there are some people that don't do any 
modification right. at all. There are some people mm-hmm. that don't do any hormones, but they're still trans. There's like, there's all kinds of types of affirmation surgery. There's top surgery to either, you know, put on or remove breasts. Mm-hmm. There's hairline reconstruction often for some trans women, there can be facial feminization surgery. Dylan Mulvaney talked about that a lot on her Instagram and her TikTok as she went for her, cause she, she did a whole bunch, like there was a whole bunch of stuff to do with like her face, her hairline, her vocal cords, like a whole bunch of, and so it's, it's so different than what a lot of people think. Mm -hmm. And I think, unfortunately, in some ways, you know, the media also through like bad film representation and other things has gotten to own the story. And so you have like, you know, the crying game being held up for so long as this, like, that's not, that's not, that's not a truth. Like follow trans people, watch documentaries like this one and see their, see what their um, experience is and learn from that. But like no trans person is more or less trans just because they can or can't afford, like, you know, there are trans women that can't afford to go get laser hair removal. They're still trans. Right. They're still valid. I love this. I want to watch this one. Yeah. You will love it. Really. It's like, it was very captivating. Mm -hmm. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, let's do it. I want to watch it. You people okay. watch it too. Let us know what you think. Yay. It's only half hour. It's good. Make yeah. it feel good. It'll really, really get you in the feels for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. So like what it. about you? What is your big recommendation? Even though I already know, cause I have a lot of feelings about it. <laughs> Go. All right. So last time you sort of kicked off a bit of a conversation, but I hadn't watched any of it yet. And uh, as we said, yeah, hooray, Netflix decided to give the queers what we want. We Our own reality dating show. I have watched all of the ultimatum queer love since then. And we're going to talk about it. I think we'll probably try not to have too many spoilers, but also there's some things that are absolutely impossible to talk about without spoilers. So we're going to have spoilers. Yeah. We're going to have spoilers. If you feel that strongly. Well, I I don't feel like I need to spoil like who ended up with who at the end, I think is what I'm. Right. We just need to talk about individuals, but I mean, there are some that we do have to talk about. Yes, we do. We do have to talk about some couples like we have to. So this is actually the second season of the ultimatum. The first season only had opposite sex pairing relationships. I did not watch that. Did you I watch did. it? Yes, did of you? course I did. Yes, How was I it? love love. Yeah. Um, it's different. It's so different. You know, now that I've been watching so much queer stuff to see, you know, opposite sex pairing stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, um, I kind of viewed it. it uh, I don't even know how to say it. Do I, you ever watch them and just say, why? I do. I say that a lot. Like if somebody's just a real ass, I'm like, why mm-hmm. are you with this person? You're an adult. Why are you with this person? I do that. Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether it's opposite or same sex. It's just, I have feelings and I really want people to find love. And if they don't, and if they're there for the wrong reasons, I have problems. Oh, yes. Like that is oh, my issue. Yeah. So yes, I did watch it. And I want to say that there's a new season coming up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Opposite, I think. So anyway, I'll probably watch it just because, I mean, I watched The Love is Blind. So yeah. I was curious, but I didn't want to watch the whole season. And that, so I thought maybe watch the first episode. Cause what I wanted to know was in the first season, was it only women who gave ultimatums or was there men too? And then I realized no, there were men. men. 
Yeah. There's a better way. I looked on Wikipedia and then I didn't have to watch <laughs> any of it. Although I might go watch it later. I don't know. But for people who haven't watched it, the premise of the show is that there are five couples, at least in this season, there are five couples. One person in each couple has thrown down an ultimatum for the other that they want a stronger level of commitment. It's really, you know, they they want to get married. And for some of them, they want to have kids too. Mm-hmm. And so they come in this show with the idea that they are going to break up for four weeks. They're going to do one week of dating, and then they are going to have three weeks of a quote unquote trial marriage where they're going to move in with someone else for three weeks just to see like, what does that do? Does it give them a new perspective? Do they find a new person to be with? But then they have to break up with their trial marriage people and then go have a second trial marriage. And they're going to have that (laughs) second trial marriage with the person they showed up with. And then at the end of all of that, if you're tired, I'm already tired too. No, it's, I mean, it's fun, but like, then they have to decide. They have three possibilities. They can go home with the person they arrived with, probably engaged because the ultimatum was that they had to get engaged. They could go home with the person that they matched with, or they might go home total, you know, single. That might be uh, the way it goes. One of the things that I quite liked about the show was that there was a really good range of women who are more femme presenting, but also Mm -hmm. some like mask or butch types. And like, can we just pause to give a shout out for how good Tiff, Mal and Xander's hair? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. The fade. Mm -hmm. So good. Tiff and Mal had just like their style and their swagger was Mm -hmm. so good. I think Xander Mm -hmm. was also looked awesome, like Mm -hmm. looked great, but I don't think had that same kind of swagger. Right. Maybe it was a confidence thing. Oh, maybe. One of the things that I found kind of strange about the show, and it was funny because there's uh, there's been talk, uh, there's been like a conversation about it in my company's Slack where they're like, do you think queer people produce this show? And I said, no, no, I don't. Because <laughs> if why. it was produced by <laughs> queer people, we would have gotten pronouns for each mm-hmm. of the contestants as they were introduced. And they never did that. And right. so- I feel like I only found out by like reading up on people that some of them are non-binary because everybody was talked about was she, her pronouns. Right. Right. I was curious about that too. And then I was like, okay, so the, do they identify as lesbians? I mean, I had no idea. Like there was, yeah, you could definitely tell Mm -hmm. this was made and created by straight people. With, I think good intentions. For sure. For sure. But like, you could also tell it, it probably would have benefited from having like more queer people involved in actually producing it. I also had some people who were like, what was up with them choosing a straight person to host it? And I was like, ah, I don't know <laughs> my that one. Like, I don't even she... know who she is. Who is she? So someone else looked it up. She was on Once Upon a Time. And I was like, to be fair, there is a lot of sapphic fanfic about Once Upon a Time. Like that's there one is. of that's true. the huge fandoms for lady queer readers. But is she one of the characters? Yes. I think that she's Ariel. Part of it. Oh, yeah. I, I'm looking at oh, you I like know. I know this show. I don't know. Uh, there's gotta be sapphic fanfic about Ariel. I mean, she, I only read the Swan Queen <laughs> stuff, but there's she was like so uncomfortable like the whole time. Oh yeah, that whole wasn't it like didn't one of them ask yeah, if she yes. was queer and she's like, no, but I'm cool. And it's like, yeah, lady, you're cool. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of like she was on safari sometimes <laughs> or something. Right. It was a strange. 
I mean, like BBC documentary, kind of like I'm looking at the. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a little wild. So, should we get into should we get yes. into the antics? Because I mean, I think that's the yes. whole reason people watch shows like this. I mean, in an ideal world, everybody that walked into that show would have been given therapy vouchers, and then it just would have been like a therapy show. Um, sure. Even like as a follow up, I think it was on Instagram. I saw. I'm gonna bring it up. It was pretty funny. So Ray, who is in a relationship with Lexi, mm-hmm. <laughs> she posted very recently. Can we all laugh at the fact that ten of us went on a reality TV show instead of going to couples therapy? Trauma bonding, baby. <laughs> there was kind of more to follow, but it's like. I really appreciated that sentiment coming out from this contestant. Uh, So yeah, let's talk. This is where we're definitely going to get into the spoiler territory. So if you followed us this far and you thought, oh no, I really do need to go watch it before I listen. This is the point at which I'm telling you, bail. Right. Goodbye. Okay. Let's start Mm -hmm. with. Vanessa okay I think she was probably one of the most polarizing people that was on the show true she showed up with Xander of the Mm -hmm. sweet sweet fade they had been together for four years it sounded like Xander was her first serious girlfriend Vanessa is pansexual she had mostly dated men and I had a strong very strong reaction Mm -hmm. to some of her behavior especially for me I felt like the worst of it was in the dating phase when they were like trying to choose partners Um, and we really see it show up in the conversation that she has with Lexi because she was kind of like very clearly ready like she was very excited about like dating around and possibly like sleeping with a bunch of people and Lexi kind of confronts her and she talks about how like she's going to have a good time but Xander like she just didn't expect Xander to find anyone else and when Lexi was like why why would you think that she just says I'm beautiful I felt, you know, in my, I just thought she was incredibly fake. I thought she was obviously there to be on a show to get her face in front of people uh, like here, look at me, I can act. And you know what? She was like the worst of all of them as far as acting. She just, I mean, I say acting just, I just, I, she was just fake. Yeah. um, I mean, some, some of the smirking during like really confrontational moments or like smiling during things or like mouthing, fuck you to Xander. Like they all show up. They're all supposed to pair up. And so Xander pairs up with Yoli and she's mouthing, fuck you. Like this was the assignment was to show up and pair Mm -hmm. up. I don't know Mm -hmm. what she thought was going to happen. And even just like the, talking about thinking Xander was maybe ace that was the other one where I was like excuse me what right Uh, big claps to the editors who made sure that we saw Xander talking to Yoli first and talking about how you know she is very sensual she's a very sexual person she's very interested in sex because then you cut to her girlfriend of four years saying I think she might be ace she's not that interested in sex and all like this is the thing I kept saying throughout the series was like you're being recorded 
Right. Everybody that you're talking about who isn't in the room is going to watch you say this later. Mm -hmm. What is happening? I mean, I did that the most with Vanessa because I think Vanessa was the one who seemed to be almost chameleon-like. No. No. No, the reason I say this is that like, she would act one way with one person and then act a different way with another person. And it was almost this like shifting and changing depending on who she was around. But in such a way that like, if you watch it all the way through, the stories never are straight or they rarely, the rarely do the story stay straight. Mm -hmm. It was like, whatever the truth I'm doing big time finger quotes right now (laughs) uh, was very malleable. We'll say. Yeah, but, I, I the whole world had a problem, I think, with Vanessa during the show. Go on her socials and you look at the comments. There are a lot, mm-hmm. I think there were a lot of people who actually quite liked her too, because there were a lot of people who were really coming to her defense in some of her social posts. And but how? I mean, I don't how? I don't know. I don't if know my if these friend, are like real life friends. What you know, Maybe. if I I you know uh, I just I felt like when I first started watching it, you know, I was like, I'm so excited, queer people. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And then Vanessa came across as so fake. I'm like, okay, is this all staged? I may at one point have shouted, this is not the pansexual representation I've been looking for. Right. So <laughs> um, it was just too, I don't know. I just, I did not feel good about it i didn't feel like sincere i didn't feel any sincerity in the least from her i think that's why i especially love that last conversation with her dad where he basically says you don't actually want to be married Mm -hmm. kind of this like no i do i want to marry her and he's like you you don't that's not what you're interested in because what it looked like to me Again, I mean, with the massive caveat that like we are seeing a very small subset, like 10 hours of what was probably hundreds of hours Mm -hmm. of footage, but the way it was cut, yes, it seemed to show that like, I think the the story that they told about Vanessa, my interpretation of it was that she showed up excited about like going out and having fun. You know, Mm -hmm. she's been dating the same person for four years. She doesn't really want to settle down. She just wants to go like bang a bunch of people and then like maybe go back with her girlfriend or maybe not. Or or Um, having the comfort and really, and and believing that Xander was going to be there for her at the end. Like I'm going to go and I'm going to go fucking my own. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm going to come back and Xander's going to accept me back. I mean, that's- Yes. And as soon as like, I don't think she thought Xander could pull. And then when Xander not only did pull, but like ended up falling for somebody else and having sex with that other person and like regularly having sex with that other person, it almost gave that vibe of like a kid who puts down their toy and is like, I don't want it anymore. And then like some other kid wants the toy and they're like, bitch, that's my toy. That's my toy. (laughs) What do you put my toy down? What are you doing? Um, (laughs) That was the kind of the vibe I got from it. But then I thought like watching the reunion episode, I was like, oh, maybe Vanessa has changed because no. there was this like very introspective or seemed to have more of an introspective attitude and realized that like, yeah, I watched myself. It was really uncomfortable. Mm. That was a hard thing. But then like, because of course I'm, I got invested. So I'm doing the whole like reading everybody's follow-ups and Xander was talking about how Vanessa had reached out a couple of weeks prior to the uh, Mm -hmm. reunion Mm -hmm. and kind of like, maybe we can start talking again. Maybe we can be friends again. And Xander was like, oh, maybe we can be friends again. And then just like, didn't hear 
again after the reunion or mm. or like rarely heard again after the reunion it was like oh maybe it's all fake and it's like oh yeah shit was that an act too like i've been really thoughtful so she made good tv i'll give her that oh good tv she made angsty yeah i guess i mean because some people dig that i mean some people look for that and they're like oh shit look at that you know and i'm like yeah i want love i want people to get together and i've got all you know the heart feels and stuff mm-hmm. and then when it's like that behavior happens i get really discouraged well and i think that's where like but to be real, so many people watch these shows for that. Like they want the antics, they want right. the drama. They so the thing that I thought was pretty interesting was that based on the edit, it looked like Vanessa was basically the main villain. Mm-hmm. But um, that's not I, true. No, because I I think I texted you. I can't remember if I was all the way done the first five episodes or not. I was part way in anyway, and I was like, Chris, I'm watching it. I hate Vanessa. And she's like, I want to fucking strangle Mildred. And I was like, what? I know. <laughs> and then I watched oh, it. Yeah. I was like, no, that's what that's about. So uh-huh. Mildred gave the ultimatum to her partner, Tiff, who like specifically, this is the one where I was like, what is up with not giving us the pronouns? Although even then I think Mildred uses she, her pronouns on Tiff all the time. And now when you look, it's like Tiff uses they, them pronouns and was like, yeah, Tiff isn't reliable. And then kind of the more we got into it, the more we learned that like about once a week, Mildred would break up with Tiff. And I think I had a hard time understanding what was up with Mildred at first because we barely saw them together. We we saw them like kind of like a prelude to sex in their last kind of night before doing their fake, the breakup to go date other people, whatever. And we see Tiff pick a fight with her temporary marriage person, Sam, Mm -hmm. where it was just this, that whole thing struck me as extremely odd because Sam was very clear, like, yeah, I do like dogs. I just don't want a dog laying on my legs while I'm right. sleeping. And Tiff did this whole, like, I don't know if I can be with somebody that doesn't like dogs. And, and Sam's like, I didn't say, like yeah, <laughs> I know. And I was like, what yeah. is happening? Like, I truly, to me, it was just like completely bonkers. I didn't know what was happening. I knew Tiff wasn't into going off with somebody else, but like, what was happen until we see them get back together until we see tiff and mildred together and we see the way mildred talks to tiff and that was after we saw mildred be horrible to ozzy who Uh she was paired with and then there was this like oh because like someone will say something and then she'll jump all over them and give them no space to respond and if they do respond that's the next kind of ammunition for her to say something else horrific that's and, the whole that's the the game the mental game right there it's like mm-hmm. talk over some as soon as somebody starts to say something i mean she would not talk at all until they started talking and then talk over them and then talk over them and and that is super toxic and i picked that up right yeah. away because i tweeted it i even looked back on my yeah. tweets it was like it was june 2nd before mm-hmm. all that nasty shit came out like i i pegged her as i, pe- I peg her but i pegged <laughs> her as a. Uh, as being extremely toxic because that has happened to me in my life and I will not tolerate that ever again like that is a bad thing and I and you pick that up right away and so I was like nope it's not Vanessa the problem is Mildred out of all these people she is a toxic person oh yeah and at one point she tries telling Tiff it's because she's Latina and it was just this like no 
I get that. I get the Latina people can be loud and I'm not saying that they can't be loud, but what she's like, there's a difference between being loud and being abusive. And what she was actually doing was being abusive because to cut people off and then just keep yelling at them about how wrong they were and not listening and not giving any space and not being open to any other perspective. And it was just so strange because also she would talk about being a mom, which I mean, it's fine. She is a mom. She should talk about that. But like, I started to wonder, did she actually want to be married to Tiff or did she want someone to help her raise her kid? And Uh, definitely not Tiff. Well, because she could control Tiff. So maybe just the whole control factor. Well, I have somebody who will do absolutely everything I say because they want to please me Mm -hmm. and has beaten Tiff down so much that, yeah, that whole thing. Well, and we see that in the reunion where let's a hundred percent definitely spoil this one. Like they are not together. They had moved in together. And it was really interesting to see that like Tiff was actually really respectful and Mildred, for some reason that I'll never understand, decided to air all their dirty laundry, including the <laughs> fact that she got violent with Tiff, mm-hmm. threw a dog gate at them, and like to where the police had to be called and Mildred was arrested and but had been saying like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I had wanted to open a bank account with Tiff and they didn't want to. And it's like, good. I'm glad right. Tiff didn't open a bank right. account with them because that would have opened them up to financial abuse, which mm-hmm. I don't think we talk about enough as a culture as an actual form of abuse. Like that would have been awful. And so we're, like I said, we're recording this on a Monday. Yesterday, Tiff shared their side of how things went down on YouTube because they actually left the special. And I really respected, I, I mean, it was sad how it happened. But like, also, I really respected that whole, like, I'm not doing this, right? I'm not with this person anymore. I do not need to let them do all of this. And I think for me, all of this stuff kind of about the Mildred and Tiff thing leads to the other thing that I actually really appreciate that's come out of this. Although I do not appreciate the producers, because if you watch the YouTube video, Tiff had warned the producers that things had been this bad and they didn't do anything to protect her. Like, I'm sorry, fuck those people. Sure, they got some great TV, but like at what expense? That is not okay to put Tiff into an entirely triggering situation. Tiff has gotten responses from people who have lived through domestic violence about how triggering it was and how it brought them back to a place. Like, that's terrible. Fuck those Mm -hmm. producers. But if anything... (sighs) I don't even know the right way to put it. Positive isn't the right word, but I guess I will say that I appreciate that it has brought light to the fact that domestic violence doesn't only happen in heterosexual couples. Domestic violence happens in same-sex couples too, because I think, you know, the community doesn't talk about it that often. And I've heard kind of theories around how it doesn't get talked about almost because like we need to be model minority citizens Mm -hmm. type things like things are already so hard we can't give yet another thing for straight legislators to point to as a reason why we shouldn't have our full rights and humanity but like it's important to know what that looks like and so I just thank and applaud Tiff for sharing their story further on YouTube and getting into like 
talking about their realization that they were with a narcissist Mm -hmm. and why that was bad and hard. And I hope there are queer people who will see that representation and realize that they're not alone, that they're not the only ones in the community going through this um, and that they can and should go out and get help. So I think that was really, really important. But yeah, like overall, honestly, I had all of that. It's a a weird follow-up to uh, talking about domestic violence, but I did have a good time watching the show. What we did, and I would say if you can do, is we watched it with friends. And Mm -hmm. we watched it. So you've heard every so often. Well, my friend Amanda was uh, on a couple of episodes. And her partner, Tanya, pardon me, um, watches, listens to every episode. So we watched it with Amanda and Tanya. They were in Toronto. We were here in Calgary. We just like go on speakerphone and we unmute whenever we have um, things to say, (laughs) I will say. And it's a super fun way to watch it. And if you did watch it, um, you should follow it up by watching. There's a recap that the drag queens, Trixie Mattel and Katya. Oh, they did it. It's great. It's so good. (laughs) They have a YouTube series that's produced by Netflix called I Like to Watch, where it's just like you're watching their reactions to things and like, that so good (laughs) i know i I sent it to chris i sent it to a few (laughs) friends i was like you gotta watch this because you watched this show too and it is absolutely worth it yeah beautiful so yeah i recommend the ultimatum queer love look at that a reality show i know wow whoever thought it would happen no no yeah no but here's no this part might be edited out, but I kind of have a, I kind of, I kind of want to know something okay. about you. What's that? Because I know that maybe you thought about this. I don't know, but like, who would you be friends with? Is that something you can answer? Ooh, that's a good who question. Would I be friends with? Do I only have to choose one? No, or no. I, I have a list. I, I listed all of them out and I put yes, no, maybe next to them. I think I would be friends with, for sure, Mal. Yes. What do you think about that? Yeah, I would definitely be friends with Mal. I could see, honestly, I could see myself being friends with anybody. Definitely not Mildred. Here's what's hilarious. I followed the entire cast on Instagram except Mildred. Mildred. I even followed Vanessa. (laughs) I did not follow Mildred. I don't think I would be friends with Vanessa, I think Mm -hmm. her energy is a little too chaotic for me. And I get that some people love that like big, let's go hot air ballooning. And I'm like, no, let's suck the energy and watch TV. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Energy suckers. I can't be around them. Yeah. I would say like, like my definitely yeses would probably be Mal. And I actually think maybe Tiff. After mm-hmm. like it, in, in their, in their post, um, in their post Mildred life. And I would say maybe for like a solid, maybe to Sam, Ozzy. Yes. Yeah. Sam, Ozzy, Xander, Yoli. I'd have to see, but like, I would say, yeah, a maybe for, for those ones. I don't know about Lexi. I think, you know, and I don't I, know about Ray. I feel like I didn't get a chance to understand Ray's personality at all. Mm-hmm. And Lexi's personality was so big and did so much talking for Ray, but also had that, like, I'm 24 and I know everything kind of vibe Mm -hmm. going on, which like I also had when I was 24. Right. But both of you are smart, smart people when they 
who have a lot to say and they think they know everything. It's mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I have a maybe by Lexi mm-hmm. and Ray both. I have maybes by them. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. I'd have to talk I, to them. What? Yeah. What's your list? I think like, I, I feel like Sam didn't get enough, you know, credit. I feel like nobody yes. talked about Sam. Mm-hmm. And I think that Sam really had, had a tough time. I mean, it was just a tough time all around, but still came out a little bit more positive and more confident, you know, and I like that she had quiet energy. Yeah. Again, I like the quiet energy. Um, Vanessa is a no for me. (laughs) But why? (laughs) I know. Xander, uh, for my yeses, I have Xander, Mm -hmm. Sam, uh, Mal, and then Tiff, and then Lexi and Ray are maybes. And then Yoli is no Aussie. Really? Is, yeah. Tell yeah. me more about that. I just, I didn't like how things went down with Xander. And the fact like, like why go through, why put Xander through all that knowing that when Mal proposed, that's all you wanted the whole time. You know, I just, I didn't, I don't know. I feel like, what were these people really doing? I mean- was it just like here watch okay look i think this is important to share i think like i don't know any lesbians in my circle like and i have a lot of circles like who would be okay who would be down for this kind of ultimatum like like jealousy runs rampant in our society Mm -hmm. like truly like how can you sit there and like how could you be okay with your partner of two four or six years like watching them be with somebody else, that would be super hard. And I felt like everybody was like very calm and like, I have feelings about this, but they didn't really show like the real rage that people have. I mean, the average person has jealousy. The average person would not, could not tolerate something like that. And it does take a special kind of person to be in a show like that. And I just felt like, like the whole some people were kind of dragged there and some people were wanted to be there. So it was just, I don't know, but here's the last question I have for you about this one. Cause you'll love this. (laughs) Maybe you won't. Here we go. Cause I have an answer. So, but you have to answer first. Like who would you date? (laughs) I, for some reason thought you were going to turn this into a game of Mary fuck kill. Uh, We could do that too. (laughs) Uh, who would I date? Hmm. You're not gonna believe my answer. What is your answer? No, you got to answer first, and then oh, I got to answer mine. first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, based on the limited screen time that we had mm-hmm. with any of them, I feel like I can only give maybes. Okay. Um, but I would give a maybe to like Mal and Sam. Okay. I think I want to say Xander, but I don't know. There was just, there was something kind of, I felt like there was like an odd energy around a lot of Sam of Xander's interactions, mm-hmm. but I don't know how much of that is because she came in with Vanessa right. who was like antic city all day long, mm-hmm. every day, and then ended up with yoli who i quite liked watching yoli Mm -hmm. but also felt like she did a lot of therapy speak and then it felt like when they would talk to each other it was just a lot of therapy speak back and forth Mm -hmm. so i would need to see xander 
Well, I would need to see any of these people. <laughs> real like, life, away from I would like cameras. to see all of them at real li- <laughs> in real life, not right. with cameras on, not mm-hmm. in this kind of a context. Mm-hmm. What about you? What's your answer? Who would I date? Natasha. Woo-hoo! Oh, you fucking cheater. <laughs> yeah, you and every other yes, lesbian on I the internet. Know. Okay, I think we should also call out that like some of those friends are the true MVPs of the show. For sure. For sure. I love that's Tiff's friend, right? Is it? Is it Tiff's friend? I thought it was Xander's friend. I can't be wrong. I don't care. Like who let's look. We gotta search. Fine. Yeah, you can look faster than I can. Natasha and his friends. Yeah, yes, yeah, you're right. Tiff. Friend. So I really liked, I loved Natasha and I For sure. also loved, I'm trying to find it. I can't remember if it's Mal's friend or Yoli's friend. Oh no. Oh, it's not going to give it to us. Oh, go down here maybe to the, and everybody's on TikTok, by the way. You can see all the TikToks you want. Oh no. I'm going to have yeah, to Yeah, everybody's TikTok. doing TikToks. I yes. like TikTok. Yes, I know. Um, I know. It must be, well, it's funny because I'm like, is it Mal's friend or is it Yoli's friend? They're in the same friend group. So whichever one that, because that's actually how they talk about how that's how Yoli and Mal got together Mm. was that they were friends first. But anyway, so like their friend also was very like, what are you doing? (laughs) What is this? Why are you here? Like the friends that were just like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. I loved. I'm pretty sure that Tiff's podcast might be with Natasha. Oh, stop. Let's mm-hmm. get them on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, actually, it- Natasha posted a TikTok thanking everybody for all their kind words and how they all Aww. reached out to her. It was really sweet. She was uh, vacationing, I think, in Italy, and, and it was just really cool to to hear her give love. I don't think it's the same friend. Apparently it's somebody named Carrie or Kari. Hmm. I don't know who that is from the ultimatum. Here's the thing. I'm so bad at remembering details like right. I don't know, names. But I don't I don't know. Anyway, we probably went on way too long about <laughs> this show. That's but the thing though. Feelings. That's why I re- that is why I recommend this show actually, because it is a show that makes me want to talk to my friend Chris for fucking half an hour about all the things <laughs> that happened. I wanted, I debriefed on this show with so many friends and you're seeing just one of them in this episode. Like it's the kind of show that makes you want to talk to other people about it. So yeah, you should listen to it. By the way, I sleep with dogs in my bed. Okay. My dogs sleep in bed with me. But are I you allowed, but is she allowed to be on your legs? They normally are. I mean, obviously you do not sleep with your dog no. because you would know this. <laughs> you would, every, every person out there, every queer person, every straight person who has a dog and lets them sleep in the bed, they rule the bed and we have to conform around them because sometimes they're like behind your legs. Sometimes they're no. behind your head. Sometimes no. they're pushing in your back. I no. just have, I, yeah. No, I don't even sleep in the same but, bed as my partner because I'm such a light sleeper. And that uh, is why we are still smelling. married today. We had to make the switch <laughs> six months in because I was ready to murder yeah. him. Right. Yeah. It happens. Um, this whole like it, it was a combo of sleep apnea and uh having to get up for work at three or four in the morning. Oh and my I gosh. just yeah, no, 
And that was not the life for me. So no, I do not sleep in the bed with dogs. <laughs> dogs, cats. I mean, I, yes, fur babies, I will sleep with them. So just FYI, that goes on my resume. All right. That's all for this episode. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed the show, please make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and get notified when we release an episode. If you have a friend who you think would like the show, please tell them all about it. And if you want to support us, like I said, we have links in our show notes to the to our coffee and our newsletter sign up. Or if you want to connect with us on your favorite social media sites, including TikTok, we have links in the show notes for that as well. Or you can just search for Curly Recommended on Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, <laughs> TikTok, and Twitter. Or email us at podcast at queerlyrecommended.com. Goodbye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.